Computer, initialize Holosuite. Space, the final frontier. Let's see what's out there. There are a million things in this universe you can have, and there are a million things you can't have. It's no fun facing that, but that's the way things are. You can deny me all you want. But you cannot deny Ben Sisko. Exist. Dismissed. Let's start with expression four. Get out. Well, hello, Mrs. Kyle. Well, hello, Mr. Katie. We are married, so uh, you are... Shall we? Yeah, we are. I had the wedding certificate through to confirm it. You are officially Mrs. West. Well, not officially, officially, because you haven't changed your name as of this recording. No. But you plan to. Yes. Two... Princess Consuela, Banana Hammer. We are throwing the Friends references <laughs> in here. Welcome to a brand new episode of Her First Trek. I am Kyle. I'm joined by her herself, Katie Ann West. Wow, that's weird. First time I've introduced you with that name. I know. Gonna change your credits now on all I the I feel like I'm turning episodes. around looking like Mrs. Where West. Hello? Where is Mrs. West? Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah, so we got married, gosh, I guess a week ago now, just over a week ago. Yeah. I'm uh, playing my wedding ring as we as we record this. Katie, I'm going to ask you this about the wedding. What I do with every episode of Star Trek that we discuss? Okay. Well, first thing, actually, before I ask the question, give me a rundown of what happened at our wedding. Well, let me tell you. We woke up in separate places. I was in a hotel with our little girl and my friend, and... Two wonderful people came to the hotel and made me look beautiful. Didn't need to do much work there, though, did they? Oh, they chiseled away. They hot-tonged me. They <laughs> chiseled away. Oh, my gosh. Plastered that... over my face. So they did a really good job. I sauntered through town in my wedding dress to yes. come and meet you at City Hall. Yes, Many did. people thought I was, in fact, in fancy dress. Yes, this would be a recurring theme throughout the day, actually. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, the ceremony obviously took place. Yeah. We were played out by Faith of the Heart. My choice. Your choice. So a little bit of Trek injected Your into the wedding. Your dad's face just looked so proud mm. in that moment. Which is funny because he doesn't nice. even really like Enterprise. Oh, really? So, yeah, he's not a massive fan of it. Wow. I know, right? So we had... I haven't disowned him. <laughs> we had a lovely ceremony. Then we went to Cardiff Bay and had some food at the wonderful Giovanni's. Yes, I wonder if anyone is from Cardiff listening to this or is going to Cardiff. If you are, please go to Giovanni's because the food is just, no pun intended, Italian chef kiss. Yes. So uh, this was the Giovanni's yeah, at the Bay, I think he's called it. I don't know what In it's called. In the Bay. In the Bay. It's very literal. Yeah, really good service, looked after us. Just a very small thing, which is what we wanted throughout the whole thing. And such lovely staff. Yeah, staff were great. So Food was nice. fantastic. Couldn't recommend them enough. And then obviously after that, people just went home. We weren't doing anything big. And then we just ended up in Oaxaca's. We did. Well, we were in a hotel room for a while with uh, well, your friend. We were just having a bottle of sparkly. I did drink on this day. I've not drunk all year uh, through choice. So did I. Yeah, you you really did. I only had I like did. I only had four or five drinks. You were you were definitely struggling to speak at one point. That's really uh, okay though. <laughs> and then we went to Oaxaca's, which is like a uh, just Mexican so restaurant. Yep. So bear in mind now we're walking through Cardiff City Centre and the dark of night at this point is about half nine. We went in. They weren't meant to be sitting people down anymore, but they let us in because you know you were dressed in full bridal 
wear. You still had your wedding dress on, so... But trainers. But at this point Because there was no way I was going to continue to wear those shoes. So we didn't get any free food from that, though. But we did get a couple of free drinks. drinks. Yeah, a couple of free drinks. So uh, thank you to Oaxaca's as well. Decent food, overpriced. Yeah. Um, I I, don't even remember what we had. Yeah, to be honest, I don't think their vegetarian options are all that great, so... But, you know, the service was good. Oh, uh, they were lovely. And I do know that when I used to consume meat and you, uh, Oaxacas did have a good meat menu. Mm. So I know that they do do good food, just I don't think the veggie stuff is it. I think the food was, was nice, but you're not a big fan of a, of a bean, are you? No, I'm, I don't like a bean. And there was a lot of beans. And I love a bean. I'm all for a bean, you know? Yeah, we had Oaxaca and, and then, then we went home. went home by Uber. <laughs> by Uber and then consummated our marriage. Which you thought we had done wrong when you received the wedding certificate today. Yes, I had the wedding certificate through, I read it, and I think at the start, it's, what's it say? It actually says like... Wedding... Your wedding was... Solemnized. S- solemnized, which as I was scanning it, I thought it said your wedding vows were sodomized on this thing. I was, you know, I had to do a double take and I was like, that doesn't seem right. I don't remember that taking place but no yeah no sodomy took place during <laughs> oh my our god this is ceremony. awful we are really going down uh, the rabbit hole on this one so anyway we are married we are mrs west and mr west and i'm going to lead with mrs west from now on nah i'm not mr and mrs west and we're talking about three episodes of star trek this week and we are talking about voyagers heroes and demons tng's too short a season and ds9's progress which well americans would call it progress but it's progress. We made the language first, guys. Ooh! That's right, I went there. Anyway, yes, so I'm aware that we've skipped the DS9 episode, which uh, we didn't actually realise until we did the Patreon version of this episode. Mm-hmm. If you remember, it was only when we were recording our after show that I realised we'd missed the storyteller. So that is going to be in our next episode instead. Sounds- I, I was going to do like a little neat trick to swap them around so like you wouldn't know. On the public versions, flawless, and only and I told the pa- the patrons that uh, I was going to do that, but then I got too lazy, and so I'm just going to put this out as it is, and we just fix it as we go. Like it or lump it, guys. Yeah, that's it. I mean, don't lump it because we love you. So um, don't also, leave us. progress is a much better episode than the storyteller. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, look forward to that one on the next episode of her first trek. That's it. Now we're going to get in and talk some trek. Enjoy the discussions, and don't forget to follow us on the socials which are at Her First Trek on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure to like us, review us on Apple Podcasts. Please drop that five-star review. It means a lot to us, and we'll see you on the other side. I don't understand. There were 47 other people living on that moon. They all left willingly. How do we know? All we know is that they obeyed the order to leave. And so will these people. You haven't met Malabach. Is there anything you can offer that might make him more willing to leave? Not a thing, believe me. Would a postponement help? Give us time to work something out with him. We can't postpone. And if he stays, he'll be committing suicide. We'll have to beam him off the surface. If we take him like that, we'll be killing him. I refuse to allow three stubborn holdouts to jeopardize a project that will benefit so many of our people. I am sorry, Major. If there was anything else that we could do, we'd have done it. But there is another way. We can tap the core using phased energy retrieval. I thought we'd agreed phased energy retrieval would take too long. It would mean waiting a full year before we can extract any meaningful amount of energy. I wish we had the time to be more delicate, but we don't. So instead we'll act like Cardassians. Easy, Major. I resent that. It's obvious to me that you've developed a feeling for this man. Fine, I can accept that. 
But if you're not comfortable with completing this assignment, I'll find someone else who is. So at the time of recording this, the perfect time we found for watching Shrek has kind of been dinner time. You can watch it over dinner. The kids, if they disturb us, they disturb us, but they're often eating or distracted themselves. And given this the early seasons of the shows and we know there's some stinkers in there, it means that if we do hit a stinker, we don't feel like we've lost our night to the stinker mm-hmm. by watching it at like nine o'clock in the evening. So it means that traditionally you, one of us is playing up dinner and you'll say, you want the TV? And I'll say, ah, yeah, it's okay. We'll watch a Star Trek. Which Star Trek do you want to watch? And I, and I always say, you know which one I'm going to say. Hmm. And it's always Deep Space Nine. Hmm. Yeah, so. I forget that's what DS9 stands for. Do you? Yeah. What do you think it stands for in your head? I don't know. Dick Show. Dick Show Nine Incher. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a different kind of show. Uh, I bet there is a parody. Yeah. Somewhere. Oh, totally. Mm. There's, there's loads of porn Star Trek parodies. Really? Yeah. I No, I can imagine it. Star Trek... The triple X generation, if I <laughs> Really? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh my god, how funny. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, so this episode of DS9, which I nominated for us to watch, it was called, us UKers anyway, would call it Progress. Americans, maybe Canadians would call it Progress. But we say Progress in the uh, UK. So tell us, Katie, what happened in Progress? What, what did you get from it? What did I get from it? Yeah, what, what was the story as far as you could see? There were two bits of the story. A and a B plot. Mm-hmm. And in the first bit, Kira has to go down to this moon off of Bajor and remove three people from the moon because they're going to tap the core to make some energy come out so that some people on Bajor can have some more energy. But everyone else has voluntarily left the moon, but these three people, they're just hanging on for dear life. They're like, I ain't going nowhere. And she has to go and sort that out. The two other people, the three people, two of them don't talk. I guess because they were like tortured out of it yeah, by the Cardassians they, so or something. The, the guy, the main guy, says you won't, you won't get a word about them because the Cardassians saw to that. I took it as the Cardassians cut their tongues out. I thought that he'd like removed their voice boxes or something. Him? Oh, what? no, no. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I meant like Cardassians. a Cardassian person. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe something. Yeah, like I don't know. Um, but oh, God, maybe... I mean, that's, that's worse than getting your tongue mm-hmm. cut out, isn't it? I don't really want to think about it. Yeah. Thanks for that um, image. But maybe it was just like they're psychologically unable to. I don't know. But either way, they don't talk. But the main guy talks and he talks a lot. And he is kind of a dick. He's... Uh, no, he? no, no, I'm going to explain. Okay. And you think like, oh, he's being such a knob. Like, why is he being such an arsehole? And then you realise that he actually, after he escaped from the Cardassians, he like built the whole of like his house there with his bare hands yeah. and his body because he didn't have any tools and he had a lovely little life lovely little house there and he was just being horrible to try and get Kira to leave and he wasn't naturally that horrible and she really like doesn't really want to make him leave and she ums and ahs about it then he gets sick and she ends up nursing him all night and looking after him and then Cisco has like a firm chat with her and he's like you're on the other side now babes yeah. You've got to get them out of here. And she's like, oh, I hate it though. Yeah. And she has to remove him from the planet. And it sucks. Like, I really felt that for her. Yeah. She destroyed the barbecue he'd been wanting to build for years. And then mm-hmm. she set his house on fire. I make Kira sound like completely evil there. But what happened was the guy said that at the right at the end, he said, there's no way I'm leaving. Even after she destroyed the... No, she hadn't destroyed the barbecue yet. So he said, there's no way I'm leaving this planet. So if I leave this planet, I'll die. Yeah. As long as that house is there, I'm here. And so she... Blew up his barbecue and then... Set his house on fire. Set his house on fire, yeah. I mean, that was bold. And he told her to then kill him. Yeah. But she wouldn't do it and she beamed him away. It was really 
awful because they did get on so well. Mm. I was almost got like a father-daughter relationship yeah. from them. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. Like a kind of like love-hate thing going on. And then at the end, she's like, oh, I really would like a friend on Bajor. And he just turns his back on her. That was really sad. And the episode ended when she beamed him away, basically. What about the scene when Cisco came then? Because obviously at this point... Kira had refused to go back and she was going to stay yeah, with him. let's talk about that. Okay, and it looked like Kira was going to throw her whole career away and stuff. Mm. And she'd expect that was going to happen. Cisco went there. He had kind of covered for her by getting Bashir to say that he'd asked Kira to stay with our old man whilst he was recovering. And then Cisco shows up for a chat. I chatted to you about this afterwards because mm. this was quite a probably one of your favourite Kira and Cisco scenes thus far. Yeah. It was important for me, I think, because you always harp on about character development and i was like okay sure but actually during that moment between the two of them first of all he came down and he's like well i've come down here because i'm concerned that you're jeopardizing your job and i was like surely you're the one who decides whether a job is jeopardized (laughs) or not so don't be a dick just say it as it is but actually he was like when i first met you i didn't like you and i was like same and then he says to her i thought you were arrogant and i was like same And he was like, but now I know that's not true. And I like you. And I was like, oh my God, same. I was like, Cisco, you and me, babes, we are on the same page. Because I didn't like Kira. I thought she was arrogant. And now I kind of like her. It was a big moment for me because I really identified with Cisco in that moment. Which hasn't happened too often. But when you say that, though, some of your favourite DS9 scenes have been with Cisco and Kira. Yeah. Like I when also, he's been dressing her down and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I like it when Cisco asserts his authority because at the moment I don't really see him as a real authority figure. Really? Yeah, I just see him as... I, maybe it's the pip thing. <laughs> I'm all about those pips. Oh, because he's, he's only, only got commander. three. And I'm like, mm, don't respect you. I don't know why he doesn't really have four because well, he's in charge of a whole place. I know it doesn't move, but... Well, yeah, the argument is it's a station, so he's well, in command of the station, so he'd be a commander. I've seen suggestions that this was also because... I don't know if this is true or not, though, but there was allegedly... I think I got... Who told me this? When I was younger, though, allegedly it's because the producers, as in Paramount or someone, didn't want him the same rank as Picard. But I also think I've seen some suggestions it was a racial decision as oh, well. Oh my god, if that is true, uh, that is stupid. I don't know if that is true. But, you know, it, it does make sense in canon, though, that he would be a commander with the station. It might be addressed later in the future. You don't know. You're a really, really bad liar. I know. As in, I can tell that it obviously now will be addressed. Spoiler. Spoiler guy. Lucky he's a spoiler guy. Oh yeah. I thought you were going to keep going. Uh, yeah. So, Kira, you kind of softened to Kira after battle lines when she had that chat with... Mm. Kyle Parker and since then it's all been good really it's all been gravy so mostly because I'm seeing a bit more of a softer side to her like at the start I just saw her as the person who just wasn't listening to instructions Mm. but now I'm like well she wasn't listening to instructions because she was trying to stick up for her people yeah and I get it and she's been fighting against intruders yeah her whole life life. wow so you're really on team Kira now why didn't you give her a break you know what it's time what are we on team Kira no, no. She has joined my girl squad. Oh my god, Kira's in the girl squad. There's a seat at the table. Is it because she burned down a house after a good night? <laughs> <laughs> because that's how you you and a girl squad want yeah, to end your so nights. she actually spent the night at a guy's house and then burnt it down. So that's like the initiation process. Oh, oh is it? Is that right? Mm-hmm. I mean... I won't ask. I know she's going to cause problems in my girl squad. I know that we're going to have some like tears and trials and tribulations, but I'm there for her. I can help her. Kira is in the girl squad. I can't believe it. She joined. 
Let's have a quick chat about the B plot on this one then. Yeah. So this saw Nog and Jake uh, at Nog's sort of suggestion that there was an opportunity to get hold of this source that Quark had loads of because it was from before DS9 was handed over to Starfleet and the Bajoran. So uh, this Cardassian source they love was no good anymore. Nog, to be fair to him, didn't steal it or anything. He does get permission to get rid of it. Mm. And eventually he goes through his thing where he's trying to get like five bars of gold, press latinum, but he ends up just continuously swapping it for the self-sealing stem bolts and then swapping it for, yeah, land. I would have really liked it if this had gone on for like several episodes. Like they keep getting... A swap of yeah. something that they can't personally use, but that they can swap for latinum, and then it just turned into nothing. And it basically ends up with Quark having to seemingly buy the land off of yeah. Nog and Jake because <laughs> yeah. it became quite it was quite worthwhile <laughs> to have it. So he had to buy it off of land. Is always them, a good idea, even though it was from his source. So if he hadn't given the source away, I mean that that's that's Ferengi all all over. Yeah, and he wasn't mad because we've seen before Quark is impressed. Yeah. When he gets screwed yeah. over by his family, Ron almost ejected him from an airlock and he, he was proud of him. He actually promoted him and Nog... Hang on, is that what I'm doing wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Joking, I'm not going to do <laughs> And Nog basically swindled his uncle, but that's some good Ferengi business right there. Uh, found of this, I guess it was a lighter hearted B-plot to counter what yeah. was in truth quite heavy scenes between Kira yeah, and... it was quite nice the... to have that balance between having something a bit more light hearted. And you know, I'm not a big Ferengi fan. That's really hard to say, Ferengi fan. But I enjoyed seeing how much naturally better Nog was as a businessman. Hey, I didn't call him Mini Ferengi than Jake. Jake was terrible. It's by chance that Jake talked him into position where they had the land. That is true, money. actually. It, but it is by chance. Jake was not a good influence on him No. at one point. I mean, they didn't know what the stem bolts even were, but they were like, no. yeah, it's top quality merchandise. A you won't find it stem anywhere bolt. else. Yeah, I love that even O'Brien was like, I don't know what this is. That was great. I was like, I really hoped he would be like, wow, you've got like 100 self-sealing stem bolts. But he was like, yeah, I don't know what these are. Yeah, that's quite funny. As a whole, DS9's been doing okay. Oh no, that's wrong. Because no. you changed your decision on the last episode. I did, episode. after a bit of space. Yeah. I decided... So do we I was swiping back? left. <laughs> Swipe left. Is that a thing? Is that the way you go? Line? If you don't like it? I don't know. I wouldn't have any idea, Tinder. babe. I wouldn't know how dating apps work or anything. Yeah, that's right. Maybe swipe right, I don't know. Look no further. Yeah. Is DS9 back on track? Ding, 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 ding. Wow, this is cool. The DS9 is coming into its own now, is that right to say? I'm still taking it on an episode-by-episode basis because I've learned my lesson. At first, I was all about the TOS and all about the TNG, but they've given me some real disappointments. Oh. So I don't want to just, like, throw myself in there. Yeah. I'm on the dating scene. I am looking around, you know? Her first time, she's looking around. She's got four people on the go right now, and she's not sure which one to settle down with. I don't know which one it's going to be. You're sampling what's out there. Yeah. Keeping my options open. I've never really dated, so... This is, you know, this is exciting. As long as this is... <laughs> this, is how, this is how exciting as life gets. <laughs> yeah, as, as long as you only channel your need to experiment into your Trek shows and not into the real life. I mean, it doesn't really work that I'm kind of firmly committed to Discovery and then I'm just not monogamous, I guess. What's the word for when you... Wo- voyeur. Trek, a Trek voyeur. Yeah. So, hmm. you know, like the kind of person who watches people have sex is called a voyeur. Voyeurs, if okay. I'm female. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was different for... Yeah, it's like connoisseur. Um, connoisseurs. I didn't know that was different for a woman. 
Un masseur. Ouais. Un massagiste. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Un masseuse. Ah, yeah. Ok. Yeah. I didn't thought that. Hmm. Hey, Lord Rothgar! I bring a new friend, Schweitzer, who has come to destroy Grendel. Greet him well. I would bid you welcome to my hall. But the days of glad tidings are gone from this place. I'm sorry to hear that. But with your permission, sir, I'd like to stay here tonight and wait for Grendel. To what purpose? To raise false hopes again? As have others before you? Leave us alone in our misery. I'm afraid I can't do that. I have a mission. Your name means nothing to me. There are no songs of your deeds, nor stories of the battles you have fought. Who are you to believe you can slay, Grendel? I'm simply a... warrior. I'm only concerned with Grendel. I have no quarrel with you. Indeed you do. And if you will fight Grendel, then you will first prove your worth to me. Defend yourself! Now I want to talk about a Voyager episode that I always remember, because when I used to watch the VHS tapes of Voyager, I can't remember what episode, if this would have been the first or second one on the disc, as to which episode it was with, but basically... Disc? Oh, sorry, on the VHS, on the tape. There we go. So I saw this episode a lot, because I used to rewatch the first season a lot. So, yeah, Heroes and Demons, a holodeck episode. Hmm. You haven't actually seen loads of holodeck episodes yet. No, but I have point. seen many in a very short space of time. Yeah, I know, right? It's <laughs> as if the show is a Russian to introduce a holodeck episode. Or it's like, oh, we have run out of ideas at this point in the first season. What can we do? <laughs> yeah, so by the time Voyage is doing them, there's actually uh, loads loads of episodes in TNG and such of the holodeck, but you haven't had maybe like a, almost a quarter of your episodes have been holodeck related, but uh, <laughs> that won't change either. So do you want to tell us what happened in Heroes and Demons then? Yes, I do. Jollywood. I don't say? know why I said that. <laughs> Jollywood. Jolly good. Oh, jolly good. I was like, what is Jollywood? I don't know why I said that. That was a weird moment. Jolly I d- good to what? I don't know. They start by looking up for Harry Kim, and they're like, where he at? And he ain't there. And they're like, oh my God, where is he? And they're like, the last we knew, he was going off into the holodeck, a holod- sweet or holodeck, holodeck. Are we at yeah. this point. Okay. And they're like, oh no. So Tuvok and... And Chakotay. Chakotay have to go in after him. And he's in like a medieval Beowulf. So you've Beowulf, yeah, yeah, Dark Ages. I guess is it. Yeah, or is it just Uh, is it during Dark Ages? Just after Dark Ages? They say about the sixth century. I don't know. When did the Dark Ages end? Is it in the oh god nine hundreds? I don't know. I'm not sure. I was not there. (laughs) I I mean, I feel like I was because I feel that old. I did study Dark Ages in school, obviously, but because one of the reasons it's called the Dark Ages because there's very little. From there, is it to work well, out what the hell no is going on? No, there's definitely no photographs. People probably weren't very literate to yeah. write things down. Yeah, it was too dark as well for the photos. Mm. Uh, the dark mm. ages didn't have any studio lights on that one. No. Anyway, um, so Tuvok and Chakotay are looking for him, and they're like, "Oh, he's been slain by the beast." And then they're like, "Oh God, right, we're out of our depth." So they hop back on out there, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't really know because there's some like." L- did being. they hop out, or did they just stay in there and then saw the being? Oh, did they? They got sucked in too. Yeah, they got sucked in too. And then they're all like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Everyone who's human gets attacked by this animal who we think must be some kind of like energy thing. 
And they're like, I know, let's send in the EMH, who has absolutely no tactical training, <laughs> for his first away mission on a holodeck to attack some beasts. And he comes up with a name for himself, Dr. Schweitzer. So everyone in the thing is calling him Lord Schweitzer when he's in there, and he's like a total hero. And he kind of like has his first like romantic moment, mm-hmm. AA, with like, a think girl called Freya, whose voice does not match her face. Mm. Very pretty, though. But very, I mean, I know, I, I realise that this is like a pot calling a kettle black, but she has a very low voice. <laughs> but at least it matches my face because, you know, I look quite manly. Oh. Um, no, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. And then he goes in there and he decides that he's going to release some part of this, like, weird, because it turns out this thing's alive, this, like, energy light thing, and he's going to release one to give it, like, goodwill yeah. and then hopes that it will spit the other three back out. It does. It does. It works out well. Yeah. And the doctor decides that he doesn't want to keep the name because Freya died. Yeah. And uh, the doctor thought it would bring back too many painful memories. So actually the energy being then was at the start of the episode, they're trying to transport these like this energy thing onto the ship because it could like help them power themselves more or something. They're trying to bring them over to one doesn't actually appear, but it turns out it gets directed to the holodeck. Turns out they were just kidnapping. Yeah, they're actually alive. So uh, they had no idea that they were like confining these creatures um, to like force field tube things so this one was angry and that's why it was taking people it was big as, it was very big it got, I wonder got if they really took big. like the king ooh yeah or just grew, or like really the mama big. and then all the babies are the ones in the little tubes and she was so mad she was like I'm gonna eat Harry Kim Harry I'm Kim. so mad <laughs> But hungry. <laughs> but really, really hungry. <laughs> and then she's like, nom, nom, nom. He was really tasty. Oh, look, there's another one. Nom, <laughs> nom, nom. To fuck. Oh, God. Seems a bit graphic. Tuvok with a side of chicote. Oh. <laughs> drizzled with Harry Kim. That sounds disgusting. Oh, I mean, the drizzled with bits grin, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on swiftly from that. That's good out of here. I'm so happy we're recording this in the evening. <laughs> I know what I'll be dreaming of tonight. Computer exit program. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, the doctor gives back the, the other bit of energy to show, wait, sorry, we got it wrong. Here you go, take this now, bugger off. And that was it. So, what do you think of this episode then? Because you've been a fan of the Holodeck episodes have, we've seen yeah. so far. Yeah. It was a win. Yeah? It was a big, fat win. I like stuff like that, and I like a nice little mystery. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. Was there any like, favourite moments for you, then? I enjoyed letting the Doctor like have his moment, you know. Yeah. He he needed that. He looks so ridiculous for it, though. It, just his frame, like his, his body, just everything about him just didn't look right for But you know what? What he was going he's into. He's the hero none of us knew we needed. Mm. And he's there, and he's been consistently there. All hail the Doctor. And he was so excited when he came out of it at the end, wasn't he? Yeah. He's going to fill in a report. I was waiting for Jane like to say we're going to let you have holodeck privileges moving forward. Oh, that would have been nice. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, that would have been nice. Shouldn't do it though. Yeah, so it was a really cool episode for the Doctor. I mean, when the episode started out, did you think you were about to get a Doctor episode? I did not. I did not. <laughs> and I quite, I like him. I mean, you know, I've had my issue, not my issues with some of the characters on Voyager, but... Have you? Well, I just don't feel that connected to all of them. Yeah. I love Harry Kim. Love Janeway. Don't really like Tuvok. Could take or leave Chakotay. Yep. Torres, I just find it into So why do you think that you is, know how then? I feel about that. <laughs> yes. Such a rule breaker. Damn her. Yeah. Why do you think that is, then? What? That you don't feel attached to many I don't characters. know. I don't know, really. I'm not sure. I think maybe I was expecting something different, like from the off. 
I was expecting a lot more Tom Paris. I thought he was yeah. going to be like the main guy. But we just don't really see him very much. Like, I'm not really sure why he's there. It is weird because his role has got reduced before any episodes would have aired or anything. You know? Did he piss someone off like in the first week and they were like, fuck this bastard. I'm going <laughs> to just completely change the whole show. Well, they used him for directing uh, Enterprise and stuff after this. So I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, they did, it was weird. The first episode seemed to be about Paris almost. I was so sure he was going to be like pivotal to the mission. I've got a question for you then. You've criticised DS9 saying that you don't particularly fond of the characters and all that. But comparing DS9 to Voyager at this point then, I think you've watched a little bit more Voyager as we record this, but which set of characters do you think you know more about? Do I think I know more about? And which show do you think has put more focus on learning more about the characters? I know more about the DS9 characters. Boom. Yeah. But. What? (laughs) I like the Voyager characters better. Which doesn't really say much for the, let's reveal a load of stuff about their characters. I'm like, no, my eyes. I don't want it. <laughs> oh, come on. No, it's fine. We'll get there. So the Doctor, though, getting back on topic, the, the Doctor is a character who you have enjoyed. Oh, I do really enjoy him. Is He's like a Vulcan. Manner? He is like a Vulcan. Because he doesn't seem to have any emotion or anything. And that's fun. I like a good Vulcan. But he's also like struggling to be heard. He's like the underdog Vulcan. That's funny because all the shows have that character who is like the Spock of the show in a sense. You know, Data is the obvious Spock on TNG, except Spock wanted to sort of suppress his human side, whereas Data wants to be human. Yeah. And then I guess the DS9 comparison might be Odo for uh, not knowing what he is and all those things and sort of the is it fish out of the water, is that the same? Mm. With everyone else? But even though it's a Vulcan on Voyager, the Doctor is filling that role, isn't he? Data and Spock. It's the Doctor. He's the... Yeah, because I don't really know what Tuvok's role is at this point. Just to be Janeway's friend. Linger. Just to linger He around. just lingers in the background and I'm looking at him and I'm like, what are you doing? Stop lingering, Do Tuvok. something. <laughs> Make thyself useful. Maybe he's surveying the scene. Oh, maybe. Stop staring at me then. Do you find it like gross when the doctor was eating that meat off the bone? Oh, really disgusting. I did wonder whether it was just because I was a vegetarian. But the guy was like, it is elk and the finest in the land. And I was like, that is vile. And it made me wonder what the hell he was eating in real life. I hope it wasn't a piece of meat that big. I just find it hard to believe that he would have been eating... Oh, maybe... It would have been easier to give a meat, wouldn't it? It just seems like meat would be a really tricky thing to be delivering your lines through. Because actors always say that like, the worst thing is when you're eating on the screen, particularly if you're delivering dialogue as well. They say it's a night because you have to keep doing it over and over. Ugh, it's disgusting. So you have to make sure you're, you're like well, biting they, at the same time. And yeah, exactly. They have like moments on Friends where Ross has a chocolate bar and then three quarters of the chocolate bar is gone and then the next scene is back and it's like, what? <laughs> I want one of them. How did you do this? Yeah, imagine that if you paid a normal chocolate bar price for it, but it just. But it kept regenerating. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a good business plan if you were making that chocolate But bar. weirdly, I saw someone on my Facebook who bought a 50, he's in Australia, $55 piece of meat and cooked it on a barbecue for nine hours. Wow. And it looked like the elk off <sighs> Voyager. I haven't consumed meat for 14 months at the time of recording this, but he really, really just made me want to have it like a big oh, barbecue. Oh, God, really? I'm like, oh, God, oh. I just don't want any of it. I don't know how I got through all this lockdown stuff without just devouring animal carcasses. I reckon you've just done it in secret. <laughs> Been at the cat food bowls. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I stay up late every night. <laughs> to lick them clean. And if you come downstairs, you'll find me just... And that's why you made me get the more expensive stuff, isn't it? If it wasn't the cats, it was you. <laughs> I was getting bored of all the cheaper stuff, yeah. The uh, whole thing about the aliens 
like the energy being an alien. I mean, was that a surprise to you or did you think that was the case all along? No, I didn't really know what was going on. I like it when I can't predict something. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. And then I didn't think that they'd get around it in the way that they did. Because I always assume if it's some kind of light something or other, or an energy, that they're just going to like disperse the energy. But they actually were like quite humanistic to it. They were yeah. like, hey, here's your baby. Remember the doctor lost his arm? Oh yeah, gross. Do you think yeah, it was yeah, gone yeah. forever? Nah. Because it's just an image, really. I don't even know how it really works. I mean, if you think about it too much, this whole thing is ridiculous. But mm. Yeah. Let's just not go there. I did like that they said... When they're looking for Kim, they're like, it's a shame we can't just turn off the holodeck. We would know Kim is in there straight away because he would mm. just be... I don't know, I imagined him like curled up in the fetal position naked in the corner of the holodeck. I don't know why. Oh, thank God, you guys. Little naked Harry Kim. Bless him. He'd be more embarrassed than most to be found naked. He's got incredible cheeks. That's why I love him so yeah, much. Yeah, because you've got good cheeks as well. You weren't going to say good. What were you going to say? Stop looking I, at my no, face. No, I was going to say good cheekbones. Oh. Then I thought I'd go with I thought you were going to say like sizable cheeks or something. You've got sizable cheeks. <laughs> like wow. a hamster. Only when you eat, babes. Oh, wow. Oh, damn. I'm, only I'm allowed to say stuff like that. I was that. joking. That's not true. I don't watch you eat. I hate watching people eat. That's oh, why I was so good. distressed seeing the doctor eat. Oh, yeah, but then he wasn't even really eating because he's a hologram. So I was kind of okay with it. Was it just falling through his ass onto the floor then? But then the meat was also holographic. But then the hologram kind of works with the replicator technology, I think. So the meat, you can actually consume it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Why so, then are they letting people use the holodeck to use up that energy if they need that energy? Because they're running out, aren't they? That's why she was like, there's coffee in that nebula. Yes. Well, and that's so, why they stole the photon people. Well, this is why... Voyager gets some criticism for how it dealt with things like that because it, it never really did. And then being stranded in the Delta Quadrant only really was an issue when the writers needed it to be an issue. Probably. It's TNG in another area of space, yeah. basically. I think there's just plot holes in everything if you look too hard. Trek did it better later, though, with like Enterprise season three when they're in the Delphic Expanse trying to get the Zindi. And they, uh, you remember it? You've watched it. Can't remember the Zindi storyline. The whole season. Oh yeah, they're... I remember that. Yeah. Okay. The ship beaten up from episode to episode mm. just look the same. Are you keen to see more holodeck episodes with the Voyager? Yeah, crew? I love a good holodeck because it's like giving you somewhere else to look at stuff, but you're still in space. That's very true. In his heart, he's still the same man you married, Anne. That's true. He still cares for you, despite the physical changes he's undergoing. But he's getting younger. And I'm... Well, look at me. Why did he do this? Because there are lives at stake, Mrs. Jameson. Well, what about our lives, his and mine? I was looking forward to time together, finally. Our retirement. Now he's young again and has his life to live over. Doctor, she has to know. Know what? Anne, your husband. What is it? He's not stabilizing. He may not have that life to live over. Let's talk about TNG's Too Short a Season. I was going to introduce it by saying one word each. Like what? Like, you know how Rachel and Phoebe do on their answer machine? Okay, what? so how would we have done it? Hello. Um, God, you're really bad well, at Well, there's no you've script. Done. I don't know what the... No, no, we don't have to have a script. You just carry on the other person's sentence. Hello. TNG. Fans. We are talking about... Too short a season. 
See? Yeah, that's good. I think we can pull it off with every single... No, no, just one. this one. <laughs> just this it's one. It's just a trial. Because this particular episode of TNG needs a special introduction, yeah? Just need to spice it up a bit. I can tell you're on the wine right now. You say on the wine. I think I've had about three sips. <laughs> you know it takes a lot more of, than that to yeah. affect me. Don't I know it. Uh, okay, so yeah, so too short a season. This one saw some hostages taken on an alien world. The people who took them hostage were told the leader of the planet that they wanted a specific Starfleet admiral to come. This admiral had been there years before, like what, 40 years before, mm. and helped the leader of the planet out to, I don't know, try and find peace or something. The admiral is super old. Turns out he's taken a drug that is making him younger, and he keeps just getting younger and younger and younger. Did he die? What, in the story? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, I thought so. And it also turns out that he had, to try and bring peace in all those years ago, he'd actually given the weapons to his friend, the leader, but had also supplied the weapons to the bad guys in the He's hope leveling that... leveling the playing field. Yeah, yeah, he thought if he leveled the playing field, they might find a solution to the problems quicker. But they didn't. It actually meant that there was decades and decades of war and death. And the leader of the planet was actually behind the hostage thing because he wanted to get at this admiral and get payback. Mm. for the part he played but then uh, he didn't believe that this young man was the admiral no which i found weird because he would have known him as a young man but you know it's 40 years ago mm, true and then he dies the admiral yeah and that dude returns the hostages yeah. and seemingly gets off scot-free after that yeah he's he's all right he's like yeah, cool. he's good I mean, what do you think of this episode? Um, I asked you tonight at the start. I was like, why didn't they just get an actual old man? I know. To and, play this guy. And, you know, I... I was like, he looks ridiculous. His makeup is awful. I only remembered kind of what happens with him when he said that because we at Hollywood Media, a couple of weeks before we recorded this, had released a review of this episode on another podcast. Oh. And I had to do the podcast artwork for him and upload everything onto Hollywood Media. So I remember looking at it and seeing the description and stuff and remembering. So when you asked that, I thought, oh, it's a good question. I know, you're really hard. How do I answer this properly? You're really, really really bad at poker face i said how do you know it's uh it's not an old man you said you were just like really yeah really look at him yeah this episode all right for you or were you happy to get answer to why they didn't just have an old uh, yeah i guess i mean i'm glad it wasn't just an old man because i would have been like hey just cast an old fella well, plenty of them around i actually think they should have done that anyway yeah props because the makeup was like it was so bad yeah they should have i don't know how it looked on like non-hd standard mm. maybe it wasn't so noticeable but they could have just hired old man 50s version 30 year old version and then and then would we have known it was the same person well you look for the same hair color don't you that's on tv and that's generally he'd have just been given a really distinctive outfit yeah it was okay what about the uh, whole thing with the hostages and it turns out the leader was actually part of the plan. I mean, quite honestly, he looked kind of evil. So I wasn't really surprised that he was involved in some way. Actually, originally, I thought he was making demands that the guy turned up anyway. Not because he was involved with the hostages per se, but maybe because he just genuinely thought he was the best negotiator. But I, I thought he was a bit evil from the get-go. The leader of the planet. Yeah, I'm very perceptive. I mean, what about the Admiral's solution all those years ago? To just give weapons to both um... sides. I mean, this made Picard very angry. Well, he said, didn't he, I misinterpreted the Prime Directive. Well, he said it was his interpretation of the Prime Directive. That's a bit of a fucking understatement, isn't it? I think we see this a lot in Trek where people try to if interpret it the way they want If the Prime Directive is open for interpretation, you're not doing it right. Ooh, look at you. Proper. Rules. Yeah, rules are rules. Are rules. You ain't no rule breaker. I'm not. I'm really not. You're not. We, I this like has rules. come up quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. You don't like the bad boy leads we have in Trek. You like, no, no, you I, like I, Picard. Orderly... 
Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Actually, wow. I, you know, I would have said like normally. Yeah, I'll go for someone who's you know a little bit bad boy, a little bit naughty. Actually, I do. I like the one who's going to follow the rules. The wife. She was angry at first that he'd taken all this drug yeah. without. I felt sorry. Telling her because she wanted to be young as well. But bless this guy, the Admiral, I can't remember his name, but he was still interested in her even when he was becoming yeah, a young man. Yeah, no, that, let's talk about that. Okay, so, he, <laughs> so the Admiral loves a gilf. She didn't want to get young. She was actually, I think, quite insulted that he wanted to get younger because she was like, am I not, mm. is this not good enough for you? Like, we've got a whole retirement ahead of us and stuff. So I don't think she was actually that happy about it. How would you feel if I did that? Oh, well, I've taken I know, all I've... of the treatment as well. Okay. This is what I would think if you did it. Okay. He's looking for someone younger. Ooh. He's looking for another model. A new model. I mean, you are anyway, so... Always shopping. Window shopping. Yeah. <laughs> that is not true. That is Completely not true. true. I couldn't be any less interested in window shopping. For starters, I prefer doing all my shopping online. Exactly. So it would have to be like... Do you know what you can Russian buy online brides. these days? A lot. Think about what you want to buy. Boom, there is. Let us have next day delivery, yeah? The Admiral was a bit of a jerk when he came on the ship. He wanted to be in charge. He made it clear that he was in command of the ship, which I thought made sense. He was the Admiral. No, he was in charge of the mission. Picard was in charge of the ship. Yeah, but you know what I mean. He was, and Picard yeah. went along with it. He was like, sure. But yeah. I guess you can't argue with it if you're a good boy. Well, he seemed uneasy, Picard, as well, though. But why would he? Yeah, probably because this guy's just arrived on his ship who is actually like 20, but is masquerading as an old man. I'd be concerned. And when he really started like having a go at the Admiral as well over the whole Prime Directive thing, I was like, Picard, man, you be careful. He's still an Admiral. You, you, there's no proof he did this. So he could still uh, bust you down a rank or two. Yeah, Picard doesn't care, though. He's on the voyage for truth. So this episode was another, like a lot of the ones, we're kind of in the mid-season point of a lot of the shows, aren't we? So... There's like some filler episodes, stuff that's not, you know, not going to mean anything in the grand scheme of things. And I'd love to know how this episode got pitched. I think it started with someone going in going, I can make a young man look really old using just makeup. And everyone was like, go on, then prove it. Let's do an episode about it. And then afterwards they were like, well, that was a fail. Oh, so the episode was a fail? No, no, the, the makeup was a fail. Oh, okay. I mean, the episode wasn't fantastic. It was okay. Did you enjoy it when you're watching it? Uh, it was a bit slow. Yeah, a lot of TNGs like that, though, at this yeah, point. It, yeah, I can appreciate that. It was okay. That's not a bad criticism. Not your favourite, though. No, I think that's a fair comment. Yeah, we're on uh, a little bit of a uh, less than stellar run now for TNG. I, I was running up a hill, and then I slipped onto like a lower ledge platform. I started rolling and now down. I'm just, <laughs> no, <laughs> and now I'm just coasting along, like, slightly under where I was before just like trying to find a safe a way to get high to get high and yeah. I, I like the ground crumbled beneath me a couple of times I'm yeah. still up there though clinging on I yeah like a cling on <laughs> clinging on like a cling on <laughs> if you're gonna do that until season three you'll be okay do I have enough food and water to survive this journey stay tuned to find out This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Sweet Media programs. Loading Sweet Preview Program 4, The Sci-Fi Feminist, a feminism and pop culture podcast. For the major two, actually, this embodiment is her empowerment.
uh, at the end of the day, if you've watched that movie. And also there's that notion that women's, uh, not women's, humans, <laughs> all people's brains can be separated from their bodies. Um, at the end of the movie, we see how the major's consciousness simply gets transferred into the body of an, a pre-adolescent pre girl. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. And that she's basically questioning herself, like, is she so intent on getting home that does everyone else want to get home? I had an issue with that because she says something about she can't leave it up to a vote when she has to make a major decision. <laughs> when the hell has she ever left it up to a vote? It's never a vote. No, it's always Captain Janeway's decision. I'm Catherine Janeway. I know best. She got the fucking stuck exactly. in the Delta Quadrant, didn't she? Like She didn't take a vote then. <laughs> that was a major fucking decision. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.